Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, Warrior, and welcome to this episode of The Fertility Warriors. Today, we are talking about the very best way to help your partner through trying to conceive, especially when it's hard through infertility, through loss, and particularly when you're struggling with it all yourself. And I fully recognize that listening to this podcast could be a real mixed bag of people. You know, typically, I'm assuming that most of the people who listen to this podcast are women who are trying to conceive. But every now and then I have husbands, you know, this could also be wives, this could be lots of same-sex couples. It could even be mums, dads, brothers, sisters who are trying to help loved ones and trying to know, you know, how do we support others trying to conceive. But what I'm particularly talking about is people who are in a relationship doesn't matter what sex your relationship is, although I do talk in this episode about men and women. I want you to know, though, it's not something that's set in stone. Obviously, people study gender stereotypes uh, and that helps us learn how people cope differently. But be flexible with this. You can take and leave whatever you need. You know you and you know your partner best. And definitely nobody it, you know, fits in exactly into a square of feminine and masculine and this and that. So take or leave whatever you need. But what you're going to hear in this advice is some of the very most valuable strategies that count no matter how you identify uh, in terms of your gender. So shall we dive in? It hurts. It hurts to truly see your partner struggling and it hurts when it feels like you are almost like both drowning together it hurts when things like infertility trying to conceive pregnancy loss like it's something that you want so badly and so deeply Uh, and sometimes it can feel like you're working really hard to make this happen and maybe they're not working as hard, it can be really hard to also unravel whether like you've gone off the deep end of perfection and trying to make everything perfect because you want this so bad, like you do. And, you know, who is the reasonable one here? Who is the normal one? Who is the person that's going overboard, right? And it can be really hard when the way that you process, the way that you cope and the way that you problem solve is really different to the way that your partner copes and problem solves. And I want to let you know that all of that is really common. And it can also be common to have all of the guilts uh, when like one person has, you know, something else going on and guilt for a whole range of things, honestly. Maybe you're a wife 
and you feel really guilty because you want to be able to provide a baby for your husband. Maybe there's all of these thoughts that are going on in your head, like, you know, I'm not a worthy enough woman of a wife, whatever, if I can't have children. And those are some of the thoughts that went on in my head. Maybe there's guilt or resentment because, or maybe there's guilt because when, you know, they've done the workup of infertility things, it all signs point to you. Or maybe there's resentment because all signs point to your partner. This is your big permission slip to feel what you're feeling. It's actually really normal to feel all of those things. Just as I teach in my program, The Reset, and in everything that I live and do, don't be ashamed of the thoughts that you have because you have those thoughts. Your brain is designed to have those thoughts. Unless I've been watching far too much Criminal Minds, but unless your brain is dominated by thoughts of being like a serial killer, then generally... (laughs) You know, a little bit of guilt, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of conflict in a relationship is actually a healthy thing, okay? But it does really suck to see someone struggling and to feel like you're struggling as well and you don't quite know how to get both of you out of this funk or maybe you just don't have the energy or capacity to really truly support them. So it feels like you're both stuck in this muddle and in this fog together and it's almost like you're both pulling each other down and there's this expectation that you have to continue on with your life with potentially a lot of people not knowing what you're going through so it's almost like you and your partner have this secret going on and this struggle going on Here you are, you know, having to pretend that this isn't the biggest upheaval of your life and that everything is normal and fine. You go to family functions and you have to keep it together, even though, you know, your dad's talking about when are you going to have kids and or making even making jokes with your partner, all of that kind of stuff. And then you have to pick up the pieces month after month. Can you relate to any of this? I can tell you that certainly I can. So we're talking in this podcast about the number one way to support your partner through infertility, through pregnancy loss, through other factors in trying to conceive that make it incredibly hard. And what I want to talk about today is a few things. There's one concept that time and time again, I teach it in my programs like you'll def- you'll find it in the bonus of the reset. This is kind of the one thing that I think really changes the game for everybody. But the first thing I want to do, and I talk about this all the time, is some research that they've done on both men and women, and the way that they, the ways that they instinctively cope through things like infertility, and what the study showed about. So the way that you cope, you may have a few go-to instinctive mechanisms, but some of the go-to instinctive mechanisms that you have may not actually be helpful. They may be harmful. So the go-to coping mechanisms for men and women have been shown to be different, but what helps men and helps women can also be different. So 
I want to talk about this. And what I want to say is that you know you and you know your partner best. So take or leave whatever you want from this episode. And, you know, in un- just in understanding that the way that we cope is different, but also that the, what, the things that help are different can be a game changer. So what is really going to help you may be really different to what is going to help your partner. So the very first thing that I want to say is that what is really great for you, like you can't expect them to carbon copy what you're doing if that helps. We have to honour and respect that they're a different human being to us, number one. We can't control ever another human being. We can only control what the actions that we take in life. Um, but understanding that they can go their own way and they can do this their own way and how do we facilitate and empower them to do that whilst recognising that they're different and that what works for us may not work for them. So back to this study. So this study showed that there were, when men and women were coping with infertility, there were about eight different coping strategies. So one of them was confrontative. So that was basically dealing with infertility head on. One was distancing. So making light of infertility, making trying to, you know, make light of the struggle, self-controlling and keeping feelings to oneself. Seeking social support, so talking, you know, strategic support with friends, family, peers, professionals, accepting responsibility, which was believing that you're responsible, escape or avoidance, which was avoiding people and reminders of infertility, planful problem solving, so taking action towards solutions, and positive reappraisal, which is reevaluating infertility to you know, find some lessons or opportunities for personal growth. So the ways that men instinctively coped were distancing, self-controlling, and planning and problem-solving. So if you think of your partner, if your partner is a husband, uh, or if this fits in the personality of your partner, distancing, self-controlling, so keeping their feelings to themselves, or planning and problem-solving. Now, these were the go-to instinctive coping mechanisms, right? But you can guess which ones may not have been super helpful. Distancing and self-controlling. And what some of these showed was that not only did some of these increase infertility stress, but also increased relationship stress. But what helped men cope and improved scores on both fronts was planful problem solving, taking action towards solutions. So I want you to think about your partner, think about, you know, who they are and what might be helpful. And I can definitely relate to this because have you ever had a man who doesn't want to fix it? You know when sometimes you're feeling sad and I firmly have this memory of crumbling after seeing someone in the supermarket who was eight months pregnant, an acquaintance of ours, and I 
almost like lost it. I kept it together as I basically ran out of the supermarket, came home and just crumbled in our walk-in robe. I don't know why that seemed like a good location at the time. And I remember Ross walking into the bedroom, hearing me wailing from outside and just looking at me dumbfounded, not knowing what to do. When you are crying or you're having a hard time, how often does your partner stand there or try to fix it? They want What can they do to fix it? And sometimes you just need to process and be, and they're, they're like, how can I fix it? So problem solving is one way that helps men, men process and cope through things. So thinking of that, and if it would be helpful, you can start to think about, okay, well, how would you know, what would be helpful to my partner in this? Can we do things together? Can we look at solutions? Thinking of how are the ways that they best like to communicate? Do they like you to research and give them all of the options? Do they like to research and present the options and look at the stats and things like that? So when we look at men, you know, that's uh, one uh, thing that has been shown that can be helpful to them. So on to women, what instinctive coping strategies do women usually have? So one of those is confrontative coping, dealing with infertility head on. So that could mean looking at like trying to control everything, going through and being like, right, we need to control absolutely everything. We, I need to take all of the supplements. I need to do this. I need to do that, Right. One is seeking support and another is escape and avoidance. So escape and avoidance is starting to shrink your life, not going to the baby showers, starting to distance yourself from your friends and hibernate lots of friendships. And of the three, which do you think was the one that actually helped women? It was seeking support. And I know that it's really scary to seek support from people. Joining a support group, it feels like kindergarten all over again, right? We have a support group as part of Fully Supported, which is like a membership program that is open to people who are doing or have done the reset, which is my online course. And I know that it's scary for people to say, okay, I'm going to come and join a support call. And that's why we always say to people that if you want to have your camera off and just jump in the background, that's totally okay. We have a Facebook group. I know that it can be scary to put out a post on a Facebook group or even just take the leap to say, I want some professional support. I know that it takes a lot here in Australia. You know, if you want to see a psychologist, you can go and visit your general practitioner doctor and say, can I be put on a mental health plan, which seems like signing up to a mental asylum. I can tell you right now, it's not. And I can tell you right now that way more people than you think have a mental health plan. And think of it even as like a mental health maintenance plan, but it saves you a lot of money on sessions with a therapist but confrontative coping and escape and avoidance weren't shown to be as helpful and particularly escape and avoidance was shown to increase both infertility stress and relationship stress it's really common 
thing you'll hear lots of psychologists say that shrinking your life is not a long-term strategy for anxiety. Even though it feels instinctively like that's going to help us, what it actually does is amplifies our anxiety. So those are some differences. I know that it's scary, you know, I know that it can be scary to join a support group or or seek out support of some kind, but that's been shown to be one of the most helpful strategies for women. So what is the number one way to help your partner? So circling back to what I've said before is recognizing that the way that they might cope instinctively might be different to the way that we cope instinctively. The things that help them, so you'll note that seeking social support wasn't really shown as a strategy that men use or that was particularly helpful to men. That said, there are some great male fertility support groups and there are lots of men who really do benefit from that as well. Likewise, women, you know, there is crossover. Like I said, no one fits exactly into a square box. The number one thing that you can do to help your partner through infertility is to model coping yourself. What does that actually mean? So modeling is the number one way that I think we help other people. One of the reasons for that is energy. If you have don't have the energy to support yourself, you don't have the energy to support anyone else as well. You need to have excess like batteries and energy to be able to donate that to other people. So the very first thing that you need to do is model feeling better, getting better, what getting what you need in order to show them that it's okay for them to get what they need. Uh, and I firmly remember there was a period in my life of probably about five years when I was a vegan strict vegan Um, and no shade if you are vegan no shade if you're not vegan but when I first became vegan it was lots of things I watched a documentary that outraged me on animal cruelty and I couldn't believe that there were people in the world who didn't know about this how could you not know how cruel everything is to animals how could you not know this and when I first became vegan, and there's a there's a joke that goes around that says, how do you know someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> and this was how I felt. I needed to tell the world about what was truly going on. I needed to open their eyes, right? And so therefore, I kind of wanted to, you know, let people know how terrible it was. Do you know what I quickly learned? That's a fast way to lose friends. Do you know what a better way is to like inspire people to eat less meat is to model a feeling and being amazing. Think of celebrities. How do they look so good? What are they doing? What are they drinking? What are, what's she having? Right? That's the way because then you go, well, actually, I've only been eating meat two times a week. And they will go, wow, really? So number one, we don't do extremes, but the biggest thing that we do is we model what feeling great looks like. How would it feel if your partner saw you starting to make inroads, starting to thrive? 
coming home and having energy to be able to give to them, leading the charge with spontaneous nights out, fun things, candlelit dinners just for no reason, active rest, right, things that were helping you feel good and you were starting to thrive and you could lift them up with you, that helps give them the permission slip, that helps show them that there is a better way, that helps develop the energy within you to donate some to them so that you can help them. When you are both existing on zero, there's nothing to give, and that's how you both start sinking in quicksand. But if you can pull yourself out, that's how you can start to help them on their journey. Some food for thought. Thank you so much for listening to me today. You should be able to Google that study anytime you want, but you can absolutely go to the podcast show notes if you would like to learn more about that study and what that might mean. Now, I've also, you know, looked at many other studies that talk generally about anxiety and coping strategies and 100% two things. Shrinking your life is not a long-term strategy, but seeking support is. It works in almost any hardship that we experience through life and getting help has been definitely one of the biggest game changers in my life. If I'm struggling to do something myself, my go-to is always to seek out how I can seek support, usually professional support, whether that's a cleaner for my house or, you know, going to see a therapist myself. Getting help has been a game changer in my journey and modeling happiness and joy has been a game changer in my relationship and helping my partner thrive too. So food for thought and thank you so much for listening this week. Bye for now. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Fertility Warriors. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can come and find me at Robin Birkin on Instagram. I share content almost every day. I answer lots of your questions and I love hearing from you at Robin Birkin on my Instagram channel. That's all for me today and I'll catch you next week. Bye.